0: Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone here this morning, uh, especially our guests. Uh, I hope everyone received a bulletin. Uh, there's a tear-off tab. If you're a guest, I uh, would love if you would just take the tear-off tab, fill it out, and drop it in the offering plate. And uh, we want to let you know that we're glad that you came to visit, up, visit us uh, this morning uh... check your bulletin for all the things and announcements i'm gonna give a plug for the youth we have our winter retreat coming up uh, so there's information in the bulletin about that spots are limited uh, so don't delay on signing up uh... for that um, we're so glad you're here of course this is a week of thanksgiving uh... A lot, a lot of people are very busy a lot of people are traveling uh... so we will be in prayer uh, for each other uh, as we travel and approach this holiday season and at this time would you please stand as we read God's Word. 2 Timothy 4, 1-5 I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And this time, uh, Kevin Dye, I believe, uh, has some things to present. (laughs) And you may be seated.
1: Good morning. I'd like to invite Brother James Hurd and Pastor Daniel to the stage, please. In 1992, a group of church leaders established Clergy Appreciation Month later to be renamed Pastor Appreciation Month. The primary purpose was to honor those who serve in ministry. They adopted the celebration in Paul's letter to Timothy. The elders or leaders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor. He also says this, especially to those who are in preaching and teaching. Being in ministry is an amazing call, full of great joys and significant accomplishments in the lives of those they serve. A pastor is not self-serving, but humble, faithful, and gracious. Over the past five weeks or so, you, Broadway Baptist Church, have shown how much you appreciate our pastor and his ministry team. This morning we honor them with your generosity indeed it is fitting we celebrate our staff amen on behalf of broadway baptist church it is with overwhelming gratitude that we present these gifts to pastor daniel and his staff pastor james hurd Brother David Dale, David, you got the wrong bag, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Zach Bauer. Dr. Daniel Osmond, thank you you for your faithfulness to Broadway and your commitment to sharing Christ and making him known.
2: You don't have to clap for me. Uh, the personnel committee would like to give the, uh, the church a brief update on the status of our search for the college minister and the contemporary music minister. We've received to date about 21, 22 resumes. Uh, we've had several meetings going over these resumes. Uh, we set up some interview process and have interviewed individuals. Uh, we were unanimous in our thought that um, we had the right man. We, we talked to that individual. We were going to present him this morning. Uh, he ch- had a change of heart. He felt like God was leading him in a different direction. So with that, what we ask is that we know in God's timing, God's man will be here. We ask for your prayers as we continue the search for God's man to, to lead us in that ministry. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Ron. All right, let's stand together as we sing all hail the power of Jesus' name.
4: Would you join me as we go to our savior in prayer father first of all we want to give praise and thanks unto you the one who spake and this world came into existence the one that so loved us that you would send your only son to die on Calvary's cross for our sins we're so unworthy we want to thank you our father for this our church family Thank you for the many blessings that they are to each other and to all of us, Lord. And we give you praise and thanks. And Lord, as we approach the Thanksgiving season, let us be mindful, Lord, of how that you have (coughs) bountifully blessed us. For many of us, it's been a special year of rejoicing for spiritual growth, maturity. It's been the year that some have come to know you as Savior and Lord. And then our <coughs> Father, it's also been a year for those that have lost a loved one. And this will be the first holiday they've been through. So we pray God that you might comfort and encourage them in a very special way. Help them to have that special peace that comes only from you. And then our Father, we just rejoice today in this service. We pray for our pastor as he shares your word. May the Holy Spirit have freedom to work in our midst today. And may we leave this place saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray in your precious name, amen.
3: This is Thanksgiving week. What a great honor and privilege it is to celebrate Thanksgiving as a part of our national heritage. We're gonna sing, Come many Thankful People Come. Next part of the service is going to include the congregation and the choir and Ben Biddle as a narrator. We appreciate him doing that this morning. It's called Thanksgiving Celebration. I'll turn to you at the appropriate time and you sing with us. Sing together.
4: your your cue is when we stand up. Come on down. (laughs) Let us gather in our hearts in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for another year that you've given us, another year to be thankful. And Father, we are indeed thankful for this place that you've given us where we can gather freely and worship. And Father, now as we gather the tithes and offerings back, we ask that you bless those, that they be used in this community and around the world wherever you have called for a need. Thank you, Father, now for the grace that you give us every day. And all this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.
5: When you're in despair, you carry your burden. When it's too much to bear, when down in the The storm raged and raged Now it's hard to imagine How you'll make it through the day Weeks turn to years Time is passing you by But you're still holding on To the house and the whys Get a glimpse of Jesus For he right there with you he knows just what you need
6: Patty. Thank you so much, Rick, for that. <coughs> this past Tuesday, I went to the um, Kentucky Baptist Convention's annual meeting down in Pikeville, and I, I actually went with Rick. And the, at the KBC meeting there, they were actually had a person doing sign language, and we were sitting, I guess, in the sign language section. We didn't realize that. Rick's sitting there and just watched it hour after hour after hour. I guess he learned it because he actually sat s- s- sitting next to me and he said, Daniel, I think I want to start doing this, start doing sign language. So sure enough, five days later, Rick's doing sign language. So I tried to get him to do the sign my sermon, but he said he wasn't ready for that. So um, maybe next week Rick will be signing the sermon. Pull out your bulletin. You want to um, uh, pull that uh, with bulletin insert in here. I, I, I want to certainly follow along with that. Uh, Turn in your Bibles book of Ephesians chapter 1. Also in a little bit we're going to turn to James chapter 5. So those are going to be our two scripture passages we look at. This past week in our Kentucky Baptist life, here's what happened. Our executive director named Paul Chitwood, and I've tried to get him to preach here twice and he just has a busy schedule. He's always booked. A fine young man. uh, I like him a lot. Just a godly man Paul Chitwood. And um, he um, David Platt is stepping down as the president of the International Mission Board. I'm a huge David Platt fan. Well, um, Paul Chitwood, our executive director here at the KBC, was selected and voted on Thursday to be the next president of our International Mission Board. So that's exciting for uh, uh, Paul and that his selection right here in Kentucky to move on up and lead our IMB. And our IMB is what our Lottie Moon Christmas offering is with, but... Paul shared a story on Tuesday that was powerful. In 1975, in Jellico, Tennessee, Jellico, Tennessee, that's right there on the Kentucky-Tennessee um, border on I-75 in the mountains. There was a young man in his mid-30s, and he had three children. He had a three-year-old son, a five-year-old son, and a seven-year-old son. And the man had just gotten divorced. He was 34, 35 years old. And some folks in the community, apparently this father had gotten custody of all three of the little boys. And he was raising these boys by himself. They did not go to church. You know, I mean, divorce had just happened. It was just a mess. Uh, and the little local church there in Jellicoe, Tennessee, it wasn't First Baptist. It was just Country Baptist Church. Somebody had found out about this family, this family, single guy raising these three little boys, and says, hey, we need to go visit them, f- invite them to church, see if there's anything. <laughs> so sure enough, at this church, at this church, on a good Sunday, they ran 125. That means on Easter they run 125, and they run 75. That's, uh, those are church numbers. <laughs> so just the small, good folks in the country. This church had a deacon body that went visiting on Monday nights. In the good old days, in the 70s, Monday night was visitation. And you find out, maybe somebody says, hey, go visit this person. We hadn't seen them in two weeks. You know, in two weeks, if you miss church, the deacon show up and knock on your door, won't know where you're at. Well, they came to this, uh, this man's house and knocked on the door. And uh, uh, the, the dad was there with his three little boys running wild, I'm sure. Three years old, five-year-old, and seven-year-old. And, um... These deacons just invited, uh, this family did not go to church, just invite them to Country Baptist Church. And they came the next Sunday. The dad had to have nothing else to do with three boys when you're living at home by yourself and with um, the kids just trying to take care of them. Maybe they'll feed them at church a free meal. He brought them church and they started coming regularly. So they start coming to Sunday school in the morning, evening worship, Wednesday night, I mean, just start coming to church. And sure enough, those boys, you start bringing children to Sunday school and church, and children's church, you start learning the Bible, and um, a little boy just started growing up in the children's ministry, the youth ministry, and a little guy got saved, this little five-year-old. He got saved, and then he, um, you know, uh, felt he wanted to go to college, and back then it wasn't called the University of Cumberlands, it was called Cumberland College. That's the little, little, little local Baptist college right up the road there from Jellicoe, and They had no money, so he went on a scholarship to Cumberland College. He went there for free and worked, and then felt God calling him into the ministry and went on to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville for free on a scholarship because they just have nothing. And um, then after that, he stayed on and uh, kept going to school, and uh, a church called him. At this point, he's getting married as a pastor. And then uh, God... Blesses his ministry and pastoral ministry, and the KBC selected this young man that was once five, not even in church in Jellico, Tennessee. He became the president of the executive director of the KBC eight years ago. Then on Thursday, this little guy who was five years old, he then just was elected as the new president of the IMB. That's Paul Chitwood's family. That was his dad who was divorced. Those were his little brothers. That was his home in Jellico, Tennessee. Those two deacons on that Monday night in 1975 that knocked on that door would have had no idea, they're just inviting folks in the community to come to church, to the little country Baptist church, would have no idea that that young man, God would raise him up in that church. He went all the way through that little country church, learning the Bible, just hearing just no-name preachers every Sunday just preach God's word. God raised that man up to lead our state convention and now is leading our $200 million international mission board. Listen, when the word of God goes out, when we are faithful to his word, when we are praying for God to do something great, when we are intentional inviting folks, we have no idea who is listening. And the, probably those country preachers that would just come preach in that church there in Jellicoe had no idea. Somebody sent an audience that, 30 years later, would be leading the denomination. So that just reminds us, Paul shared that story on Tuesday about how God has used him throughout the years, but it started with two deacons knocking on the door and inviting a brand-new divorced dad and his boys to come to church. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. This is a message here on intercessory prayer. You can read what intercessory prayer is in your bulletin. Intercessory prayer is when you and I go to the Father in heaven on behalf of other people. I bet there was someone in Jellicoe, Tennessee, praying for that family, that those three boys that did not go to church. Someone had to tell that church, hey, there's a family over here that needs a visit. And those men had no idea that they were going into it. I have uh, this little um, thing up here on the side. Have you had enough of business as usual religion? Have you had enough of playing church? Have you had enough of attending meetings that are meaningless? And that's very common in churches. You sit two hours in a meeting and go, we've accomplished nothing. And that's probably your job too. You use a meeting. You know, Peter Drucker there at Harvard, he says 70% of meetings aren't even necessary. He's did the Harvest B- Business Review. He so says, You just have a meeting for the sake of having a meeting. You walk away and go, I know nothing. And it, <clears throat> seeing, have you had enough of seeing no real influence in your witness on the lives of others? You know, if this is you, if you're thinking, That's me up there, I've been in business as usual religion. I've played church certainly i've been in meaningless meetings and it's easy to go throughout your day and feel like i'm making no impact on anyone else if that is you this sermon is going to speak to you because what god is going to show us in our in his bible here is that we should be intentional in praying for other people usually when we go pray We have our laundry list of things we want and things we need that are so important to us. And all we could go around the room and we we could be here for hours hearing about all the things we need. Intercessory prayer. Say, God, I'm not going to pray for myself at all. I'm going to pray for other people. I'm going to pray for other needs. I'm going to come to you, God, solely on behalf of other people. In the Bible, that's what priests in the Old Testament used to do. They would go to God on behalf of, some, of, of someone else. That's what a priest served now because of Jesus Christ. We don't need priests. We go directly to God. But we are still, the Bible tells us, we are still commanded to pray and to lift up others. You know, if this is you up here, you look at this, these questions and you say, this is me, you need to decide this morning that you want to enter into the presence of God. And one of the ways of doing that is to start living an other-centered life. Because what happens, if you want to see your influence on other people, you have to start praying for other people. You want to start visiting, encouraging folks that maybe don't go to church, or are spiritually dead, they're lost, they aren't saved, Start praying for God to save their soul. He will. He'll do it. We, the, the way to start seeing change is to start saying, if you want to start, a lot of times what happens, we always enjoy mountaintop experiences with God. And that's exciting. But the truth is, we get to know God in the valleys. And the valleys is what we call the daily grind. Praying for other people, as you wake up on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday... And you start your day saying, I'm going to go pray to God for other folks. I know some other needs. Instead of just praying for myself and everything I want, I'm going to go, Lord, to you on behalf of others. I remember a church I grew up in in Alabama. They had these little things. I never even knew what the word meant. I remember child our little children's church here children's church goes through second grade church i grew up in it went through kindergarten because you start reading in first grade so the preacher thought okay you're a first grader you can now sit in the sit in the service and read along in your bible so i was a first grader benjamin esther's age and they had these little they had the little offering envelopes and they had these little cards called the intercessory prayer that's a big word and what that meant is prayer request praying for other needs and that's what this is god is asking you to become an intercessor for other folks all other needs are out there. Look at your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 1, look what God's Word says, verse 15. The Bible says here, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Paul is writing this to the church in Ephesus. you know what he's doing? He's praying for that church. He's saying, I don't stop praying for you. I remember that church. I remember those people in my prayers. He never stops giving thanks to to God for them. He never stops remembering them. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what the hope of His calling is what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those of us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? These are powerful words. Paul writes, look at the words he used. He were immeasurable, power, mighty working. Where does all this power come from? How do you tap in to this type of enlightenment as Literally, the word enlightened is used. And the key is he's saying, I pray for you. I pray, church at Ephesus, that you will be an incredibly powerful church. Not power in that we're strong and we can beat people up. Power in the Lord is working through you. There's power in the gospel. There's power when folks are praying on behalf of others. Right here in your, um, your bulletin insert, prayer can change someone's life. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Prayer for your friends healing from cancer. Do you know someone with cancer? The Bible tells us, and we're about to look here in James chapter 5, we should be praying for them. God can heal someone with cancer. Prayer for your wayward daughter to be saved. Do you have a son or a daughter that they are not here this morning? Who knows where they're at? They're not in church. They're wayward, meaning they've gone off the path. They're doing something else than the Lord's business. Are you praying for your daughter or granddaughter or great-grandchildren that they be saved, that they rededicate their life to God? Prayer for God's provision with your son's finances. Do you give your kids money all the time? Do you give your grandchildren all money your know, Thanksgiving? You, some of you know you're going to see your family on Thursday. You know what that also means? They're going to ask for money. And it's not even Christmas yet. And they're already getting gifts. It's a Thanksgiving gift. Pray that your children, says, they need to become good stewards. God opened up their eyes so they're not so wasteful. Lord, Help our children, our grandchildren. Make make the Lord, the God over their finances. Listen, they might not listen to you, but they'll listen to the Lord. He can take over their their finances. You bring that to God because they don't listen to you. You're telling them the same stuff over and over again. They're not listening. Now it's like, God, I'm going to bring it to you. You're going to take over Lord. How to experience power from your, with your prayers. A good prayer life, this is up on the screen, is both ongoing and planned. You want to, you want to start praying for other folks? It needs to be ongoing. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not a one-and-done basketball player. Prayer life is you sign up to pray, you signed up till you died. It's a forever commitment. Do you know there will be prayers even in heaven? Folks will still be talking and praying to the Lord in heaven. It's ongoing and it's planned. If you do not plan to pray, you will not pray. If you don't plan to come to church, you won't go to church. If you don't plan to go to Sunday school and the Sunday night church and a and Wednesday night in the choir practice, you're not going to go. What you plan for, you actually do. And if you have to plan for your prayer. Because I promise the devil will make sure there will be many other things you need to do than spend time in prayer. A good prayer, it's ongoing. It's, it, it, the, the list never ends. Ends. You never complete your prayer list. It's there's always new names being added. Number two, a good prayer life allows you to spend unhurried and unhindered moments with God. This is one of the greatest challenges today. Everybody here is in a hurry. Many of you are looking at the Lord, suffering. Oh goodness, we're going to get out late. Many of you are thinking <clears throat> you're here at church or you're in your prayer life and it's being hindered. By notifications on your phone, text messages, social media notifications. And it's constant interruptions. And I'll tell you, if you're hurried or you've got interruptions and there's hindrances in your prayer life, it will suffer. And you'll wonder, "Why why is nothing happening? Why am I not seeing this breakthrough? Because you can't even have a moment with the Lord. Number three, last thing here. A good prayer life allows God to give you a spiritual breakthrough. If you want spiritual breakthrough this morning, it's going to start with your prayer life. Your personal spiritual growth isn't contingent on someone else. It starts with you. It's your responsibility. You want breakthrough. You say, God, I want to experience your power. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see great things starting to happen. Listen, no soul is too gone for the God. No heart is too hard for the Lord to soften. No son or daughter is too far lost for God to rescue. You're to keep praying for God to do exactly and only what He can. All right, last section we're going to read here in the Bible. uh, Keep your fingers in Ephesians. Flip over to James chapter 5. This is a must turn to. This here, I believe, is one of the most clear passages on prayer for when we are going to be intercessors and you're going to lift up your request to the Father. It's right here. It tells you what effective prayer is. If you want to start seeing God do something remarkable in your life, these these three verses are very clear. And this is a model also, if someone is sick, if they, if you have a request, if you're struggling, this the, the scriptures tell you what to do. Look at this. James chapter 5, verse 14. We're gonna read verses 14, 15, and 16. Is anyone among you sick? Do you know any sick? You know any sick folks today? If you do, here's what the Bible says. He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So right there, if you know someone who's sick, you should call upon leaders, godly men and women at your church, and they should pray over that person and anoint them with oil. The oil they used in the Bible was olive oil. We all have it in our kitchen. And they literally anointed with oil, and they laid their hands, and they prayed. The cancer goes away. The pain stops. Lord, do a mighty work. Even though the doctors have said there's nothing else you can do, God, you are the great physician, as the Bible says. It's so clear. It's right there. We pray over people. What that means to pray over them is they're talking about you bring that person in and lay hands over. You're praying over someone. Verse 15. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The prayer of faith, that means the prayer that you actually have someone praying over the person who actually believes God's going to heal them. One of the things with our prayer life is when we go to the Lord in prayer, We actually need to believe that God is going to answer the prayer. Not just believe it, expect that God's going to answer the prayer. We might come to church or go to Sunday school or go to Bible study and you hear prayer requests and you think, that's not going to happen. They're too far gone. They are so far from God, they'll never get saved. With that type of thinking, listen, in 1975, you know, that little country church in Jellico, Tennessee. Back in those days, it was called the Farn mission board. Whoever that pastor was at that little country church, if that family, that single divorced dad, came in and brought his three little boys, and some man walked up on the stage and whispered in the pastor's ear, see those visitors over there? See that little five-year-old boy can't even sit still? In 40 years, he's going to be the new president of the Farn mission board. The preacher would have laughed. So there's no way, no way that's going to happen. But when you believe and you trust in the Lord, anything is possible. And we we say that very casually. Anything is possible with God. And that's Luke 1.37. Mary appeared, or the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Anything is possible with the Lord. When she questioned, how can I have a baby when I've never had sexual relations? And the angel said, anything is possible with the Lord. And the question broadly for us, do we believe that? Do we really believe anything is possible with the Lord? Listen, if God is the owner of everything, and he is the creator of everything, he holds life into our hands, he created us. Remember a couple of Sundays ago, about a story about Hezekiah? Hezekiah was about to die. And God, he prayed to God facing a wall of all places. He wasn't in church, he's in bedroom dying. And God heard his prayer and said, You've got the 15 year extension. Right there. Answer the Lord. Isaiah hadn't even left the room because he had to turn around and say, Guess what? God has heard your prayers. That was the fastest answer of prayers in the Bible. Right there. Anything. When the Bible is saying here, the prayer of faith, that's a prayer that. That we come to God and we actually believe it's going to happen. Listen, we were down at the Rick and I. We were there at the uh, KBC meeting in Pikeville Tuesday. There is a church in um, Bowling Green called uh, B- um, Hillview Bel What's it called? Hill, Hillview Heights. Anyway, Hillview Heights Baptist Church. I don't. Anyway, it's close to that. Is the name. This is a church in Bowling Green. Bowling Green's a city smaller than Lexington, right there on I-65. Do you know that church baptizes over 500 people every year? That is the most evangelistic, soul-winning church in our state. They blow everybody away in baptisms. And a lot of those folks came forward because they, you, you get prizes at if, if the convention, like, like most baptisms, most evangelistic church, and everyone's Hillview Heights Baptist. I mean, it's just... And you're just seeing person after person from their church coming up there and standing. And you think, I wonder what those folks look like. Do you know what they look like? They're good country Kentuckians, just like you and I. Nothing special, nothing remarkable. You look at them and go, my goodness, I look better than they do. They're just like me. But do you know what? That church, apparently those people, they have faith in the Lord that if they go out and start soul winning, and start winning Bowling Green, Kentucky to Christ, God will do it. Listen, if you believe that God is going to save someone, that He answers prayers, that He's going to do a great thing, He'll say, hey, look, there's some folks in Bowling Green that are actually coming and praying for lost folks. I'm going to answer those prayers. I'm going to start stirring the hearts of the folks in that community. And sure enough, That church every year, 500-plus people every year, they're baptizing. All they do is baptize folks at that church. Fastest-growing church in our state. Verse 16, last verse we're going to see here. Verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. Do you know this Bible verse here? This is what we call, I've I've heard it called, it is called the Catholic Charismatic Baptist Bible verse. And here's why. It includes three, faith, th- three phases phrases here in verse 16. Look at the first one here is the Catholic Bible verse. Catholics tend to emphasize the first phrase. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Do you know what hinders our, do you know what hinders our prayers? Sin. Unconfessed sin. We're wondering, God, why are you not answering my prayers? It's because we, we first need to say, God, I have sin on my hands. I need forgiveness. Lord, cleanse me. Part of prayer life starts, Lord, is there sin in my life? And so start praying for everyone else's sin and their problems. Say, God, what's, with, what's up with me? Number two, the charismatic part here, second phrase pray for one another so that you may be healed. It's easy for us. To start going around thinking, <clears throat> I'm just going to be someone who's just praying for a healing. And that's true. That's intercessory prayer. But then the third part here, we see in this Bible, verse verse 16, the Baptist part is the prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. And we as Baptists, we might emphasize, well, is he a righteous man? The truth is, in this scripture verse, in five, James 5, 16, we should have confession we should have intercessory prayer and we should have righteousness all in our prayer life. Righteous meaning, righteousness means God, I want to believe in what I'm doing. I want to trust you and have the right man in lifting up my prayer request. Do you have someone you're praying for? Do you have someone your ongoing plan intercessory prayer you're coming to the father in heaven saying god i pour my heart out to you here's my needs here's the request i bring listen we don't have time to turn there but many of you are saying "Daniel, i pray but i don't know if god answers my prayer deuteronomy 29 29 answers that question and it says in deuteronomy 29 29 the hidden things belong to the lord our god There are some things on earth we will never know the answer to. Why does God answer some prayers? That's a question only God can answer. There are hidden things of God. And those hidden things, many of them, we will not know, obviously, to heaven. But what we do know is that God has commanded us that we are to be intercessors for Him. Last thing here, there's a couple of things. That's going to happen. When you decide, if you make a commitment this morning, say, Daniel, I'm going to start praying for other folks, two things are going to happen. Number one, you will enter spiritual warfare as never before. Satan's going to start attacking you because all of a sudden he sees, oh, no, someone is praying and coming to God on behalf of others. If you start praying for folks to be saved, do you know what that means? That means Satan loses someone from hell. That means the lost soul who he holds is all of a sudden one to the Lord. He loses when we start praying for folks to be saved. You know, the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. The parable of the sower, you go out and sow the seed. And one of the things that happened there, it says some of the seed would fall upon the path. And what that meant is, and, he, and Jesus explained it. He says, when you sow the seed and it falls upon the path, that means the devil, Matthew 13, 19 says, literally comes behind and picks up the seed. That means the devil is watching a sower. When you start to sow and you start to pray prayers, the devil is watching you. And you will enter into spiritual warfare. It's never before because all of a sudden you're saying, God, I'm serious. I'm now a committed believer that's coming to you. But not only that, one of the great things about that. Next thing that's going to happen, when you start praying for becoming an intercessor, you can know with confidence that you're protected by God. Because God is going to start honoring and answering those prayers. He's going to protect your time so that you can be an intercessor. This morning, we're about to have our Lord's Supper. Great time here with Thanksgiving. Having the Lord's Supper. I want you to answer this question. Are you an intercessor? Does the devil know that your prayer life is dangerous? Is God protecting your time with him? Are you someone that when you go to the Father in prayer, that you aren't just giving your laundry list of things you want and you need. It's all about others. The Bible tells us we should come to God in power on behalf of other folks. That is what an intercessor is. Part of being a Christian, part of the expectation of following Christ, is that you have a prayer life that you pray for other people. In John chapter 17, Jesus, when he's about to be arrested and crucified, he's there on his knees praying for his disciples. And if Jesus prays for other people, and He's God, surely we should be praying for other people. This morning, Broadway, are you known as an intercessor? Remember, your prayer life, your prayer sheet, it's never complete. It's, It's ongoing. It's planned. It's unhindered. It's unhurried. And it creates and causes spiritual breakthrough. I'm going to invite our deacons to come forward at this point. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper. During the time of the Lord's Supper, this was Jesus' final meal. It started out with Jesus, he's having his final meal before he's arrested, and not only that, he's also crucified. So this is a special time of the year that here at Thanksgiving we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. So I'm going to invite our deacons to stand forward and we'll start with the bread. and you may be seated during the time of the lord's supper it was when jesus served his disciples so that's why we serve one another in the lord's supper so um, it's someone always serving you uh he did he picked up the bread at his last meal and he prayed over his bread the bread here represents jesus's body and it's when we get saved when we give our lives to christ when we receive his forgiveness we identify because he died on a cross and gave his life for us so That's what this bread certainly symbolizes. So let's pray. Jesus prayed over it when he picked it up. So let's pray over our bread. Lord, we thank you for this bread. We know this is symbolic and it represents your body that you died for us. Lord, you gave your life. You gave all you were so we could be with you in heaven. Lord, you are, as John chapter 6 says, the bread of life. And we thank you for this bread this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. After Jesus served his disciples the bread, he then served the cup. So now we're gonna give out the cup and we'll ask our deacons to stand up again. you may be seated during the time of the Lord's Supper after Jesus served the bread he then picked up the cup this cup represents Jesus' blood this is Jesus and when he died on the cross his blood was spilled so for we could be forgiven of sin so we never forget the cost that Christ paid for us so the Lord's Supper is an opportunity for believers to identify with Christ so what us as saved Christians We are the ones who participate with the Lord's Supper. So, if you're a believer, this is for you. Jesus picked up his cup and he prayed over it. Let's pray over our cup. Lord, we thank you for this cup. It represents your blood. Lord, in the Old Testament, animals shed their blood for forgiveness. And in the New Testament, you are the one that gave your life for our forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for your blood, and we know that by your blood, we are saved. Lord, we just pray that we never forget the cost that was paid during the Lord's Supper. It was you. You died for us. We thank you for this cup. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. After the cup, he he drank it. And after that, it says in the Bible that they sang a hymn. and our hymn is our hymn of invitation. and This is your response to respond to God. God calls upon his people to respond to him. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. And Adele's going to lead us in our hymn of invitation. And I'll be standing down for our, along with our deacons waiting for you to respond to the gospel.
3: Have you been to the cross? Where the Lord Jesus suffered, have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the place of redemption for sinners? Have you been to Calvary? It was Sarah. your son lay down his life for you while there's time don't delay place your faith in jesus turn your eyes now to come you can search you can buy And try everything man may, but it cannot satisfy. It is Christ, only Christ, who gives life more abundant, and He calls from Calvary. It was. your son lay down his life for you while there's time don't delay place your faith in Christ Jesus
6: We have Awana um, a Clubs at 5.30. It's a BARF night, which stands for Bring a Real Friend. That's tonight, so your children need to invite a friend. That's from 5.30 to 7.30. Also tonight at 7 o'clock, we have our bi-monthly business meeting, so we'll be voting our new 2019 budget. I don't know if we still have some out there in the uh, Welcome Center, but you can pick your budget up. If you are out there, you can certainly pick it up when you get here. Also, another NASA Women's Ministry, they've been collecting food for the... Um, Lafayette uh, High School for, um, and they're making a book bag or like backpacks for them, so they're doing that at four o'clock. So ladies have a ministry opportunity of packing up all the backpacks today at four. So um, that's some of tonight's uh, events that are going on. This coming Wednesday is the day before Thanksgiving. I'll be going to Newark, Ohio, with Sherry to visit her her um, uh, sister up there. So we do not have evening services, no dinner, nothing going on. A choir practice this coming Wednesday opportunity for you to spend time with your family. Whenever we have the Lord's Supper, we have um, uh, what we call benevolent offering. And so our deacons will be standing at our four different exits. If you, uh, all the time here at the church, we get re- different requests made for uh, bills, uh, different needs, uh, gas, all sorts of stuff. Um, if you feel led, you can certainly give. the Men will have the offering plates there We do this six times a year at the door, so um, you consider certainly giving. I'm going to ask David Dell. All right, we're going to close with
3: singing All That Thrills My Soul is Jesus.
6: All
3: that thrills my soul is Jesus He is more than life to me And the fairest of ten thousand